All right, I know it's been a while, but welcome back to Just Car Guys, the show where me and my dad talk about the latest car news from the last week. In today's episode, we're going to be going over some of the best stories that we've missed from these past couple weeks just because of the Pikes Peak Hill Climb, which if you didn't see that video, check it out. We talk about the whole experience, kind of show you some sick flybys. It was pretty incredible. That was a blast. It was so cool. So on this first one here, this is a something we reported on a couple weeks back, and I'm so excited to see it. Introducing the 631 horsepower Porsche Cayenne Turbo GT. Oh, that, thing. that thing is awesome. Like for an SUV, like so cool. I'm so this in the gold wheels. It looks sweet with gold yeah. wheels. So this beast comes with Porsche's most powerful V8 ever, which is a twin turbocharged V8 capable of 631 horsepower, 626 pound-feet of torque, and will launch the SUV from zero to 60 in just 3.1 seconds. Awesome. That is an SUV. That is so cool. Keep in mind a full-sized SUV. The Macan's the little one. This is the big one. What color is that, do you know? I do not. That looks good too. I think it's a special color. So now this is what's crazy. So the Cayenne Turbo GT with Porsche's factory driver, Lars Kern at the wheel, set the SUV lap record at the Nürburgring Nordschleife. The record being just an insane seven minutes, 38.9 seconds. So to put that in perspective, this thing did Around the same time, all these cars did 738 around the Nürburgring, the Ferrari 458 Italia, Lexus LFA, 997 Porsche 911 Turbo, C6 Corvette ZR1, 2009 Nissan GTR, Lamborghini Gallardo Superleggera, and the F90 BMW M5. That's the new M5. You're kidding. Isn't that insane? That's fantastic. That's ridiculous. That's awesome. It's an good SUV. For, good for them. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. So and and can I say too, like Lars, that that dude's got to be a badass. Like he's got to be like, crazy. Seriously, like, driving a full size SUV around the Nurburgring. Just hammer down. Oh yeah. The whole way. That's cool. So awesome. So. As you can expect, there are tons of tweaks and modifications to make these insane numbers possible um, and make it even more track capable, like uh, adaptive suspension and tons more stuff and little numbers everywhere here and there just to bring out those crazy lap times. With that, it comes with 22-inch wheels and carbon ceramic brakes. Now get this. This is crazy to me. If you put this in perspective, 17.3-inch front rotors and 16.1-inch rear rotors, carbon ceramic brakes. Those rotors are as big as some people's wheels. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, dude, this thing's insane. Very cool. So I I will say like that it's a nice looking car. It looks good. It does look good. Uh-oh. I I would like to see it look more extreme. It's a yeah. GT car. It's it's it their GT look, car. It should look crazy. Maybe another like some fins or some like some Fend- other arrow or, or something. Yeah, or yeah. bulges or something. But I mean, it's a it's still it's great. It, lo- it looks fantastic. But oh yeah, yeah, absolutely Anyways. insane. And so this is only available in the coupe model and starts at one hundred eighty-two thousand one hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, isn't that crazy? And look at the interior. Oh, that's so cool. nice. So good. 
We got more from Porsche, but this news is not as good. Porsche has recalled 2020 and 2021 Porsche Taycans, as well as issuing a software update for potential software issue that can cause for a total loss of power. So the issue is said to affect approximately 43,000 Taycans worldwide. And it's a similar problem to what was happening with the Mach-E, where the 12 volt battery, something with the software would make it drain itself and then the car would not be started. You couldn't start the car. Cause it kind of works like a regular card where it used that uses that battery to get itself going and get everything else kind of turned on and then it runs off the main drive battery so Porsche issued a software update modifying the vehicle's power electronics and ECU software and updated software will prevent any further loss of power issues now in the grand scheme of things this really isn't a bad recall comparing to the flashback when the GT3s were catching fire in the middle of the street. Oh, yeah, that's true. That is well, still, you gotta, hey. you gotta think, this is the first, you know, yeah, it's the a first fr run. Yeah. You're, you're, gonna you're gonna have stuff like that. that you gotta iron out, right? But, yeah. And that's one of my favorite Top Gear moments is when um, Clarkson and James got Richard Hammond, um, oven mitts for driving gloves <laughs> yeah. when when all the cars are catching good. on fire that was pretty funny so now um next story here we're gonna have a ton of stuff coming from stellantis as they recently had an ev day so jeep has teased a pretty cool ev wrangler this was in a video jeep said they will have an electric model in every segment it is involved in by 2025 as well as they showed a pretty cool video teasing some potential features that are, I think are pretty awesome. So here it features a four-door model with freedom on the side of the hood as well as zero along the rocker panel. And um, so this is obviously implying the vehicle is electric as Jeep's new slogan is zero emission freedom. And so some of the list of the insane teased features goes as like biometric recognition, recognizing the man's face, unlocking and starting the car by just walking past it. Um, vehicle to vehicle charging, which like, so you could charge one vehicle from another one there. That's a good paddle, idea. That is a good idea. As well as drone pairing capabilities. So you could have a drone fly in front of the vehicle to provide light on the trail. What? Yeah. That's a great idea. They're awesome. Wow. So again, some other stuff. So it kind of goes in like time frames. So they're obviously teaser. You can see concept models and features and fictional situations shown throughout future models and features may vary, of course. But these are obviously ideas they're playing with. I mean, we know Jeep. They like to mess around a little bit. So but with, just that they're thinking about those things is, is that's awesome. promising, right? Yeah. Yeah. So one thing they also showed, so letting it like fast forward to 2030 showing um, autonomous off-road driving for flat seat stargazing. You can put a, the seats all the way back and open the roof, look at the stars in the car, drive for you. Which I don't know if I would trust that. It sounds kind of sketchy, yeah. but um, honestly, sick. So what's intriguing to me that I just noticed here is they still have a hood scoop. Got a hood scoop, got that regular grill. In, in fact, that bumper is just about the same bumper so that if, we've got on, on ours. And if that's an EV, I'll be happy. Yeah. Because I don't know why EVs have to look so futuristic Weird. and yeah. dumb like just make them look like normal uh, yeah we could get into a whole different argument about that but so also like from jeep yeah I, I think it looks awesome 
Also from Jeep here, we have the new 2022 Grand Cherokee 4XE. With the Jeep Grand Cherokee, the Jeep Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer will also get a 4XE variant, of course, as we said earlier. All of them will end up having their own 4XE variant. Yeah, that's So good. that's I, also, he, this picture here is paired, it's charging from one of their um, solar stations I talked about before, where it's just a giant solar panel you can pull up, plug in, and that's great. We need more of that. They need infrastructure. I am glad to hear that they're going to have EV variants. Yes. But still maintain production well, on both. Right, for now, anyways. Yeah, because right? eventually they're going to phase it out. Yeah, but, but I mean, others are just flat out committing. You know, in the next five years, we're out of combustion altogether, yeah. which is scary. The only reason I think it's kind of sketch, I think... I know this is going to be controversial. I think EVs can be done right for car enthusiasts. I think it's absolutely possible. But I think the only concern is how fast manufacturers are rushing into it without maybe working out the kinks a little bit. I mean, it feels like, I mean, some kind of like Ford and all them, they're like, all right, EV by 2030. We're just sending it. Like, I don't know about that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be, well... It's going to be interesting, that's for it's gonna sure. It's going to be interesting, especially with the longevity of those things, right? Yeah, because um, we, I mean, you don't really know. If somebody can crack the code on on the battery technology and and also Which like is how, maybe to, how to swap them um, without one, it costing you the cost the, of the entire vehicle. Yeah, exactly. You know? And then we have still more Stellantis news. So Ram will be building a EV1500 pickup by 2024. They've made a similar promise as Jeep in which they will have a EV in most of their segments by 2025 and all of their segments by 2030. With that, they said it will use a body on frame EV platform. They claim will have 500 miles of driving range. And of course, they also said it would be capable of onboard power, ability to accept fast charging of up to 150 kilowatt hours automated driving tech and battery level conscious navigation systems with that um that's kind of all we have as far as details go there's not really much as the vehicle's still waiting to be released but some common theories are they're kind of waiting to see how the competitors vehicles do like ford and see how all those compare so that they can kind of make the best product that makes sense this is going to be a big surprise for most and definitely very controversial so <laughs> Dodge will be launching an electric muscle car in 2024 called the E-Muscle. The, the vehicle will be using one of their EV platforms that claims up to 500 mile range, miles of range again. And in the presentation, they used the Fratzog logo. I'm sorry if that's going to make any of you Dodge fans mad because I don't really know how to say that. But apparently that's a logo the company used in the 60s and 70s on the car's grill, which Dodge said is a nod to the future, which will bring another great automotive era, the era of the electrified muscle car. There's no question that there's there's a, a home in muscle cars for for electric. Oh yeah. Except one thing. The noise. The noise is part of the muscle car experience. It's yeah. It's speed. It's Rowdy. Um, it's rowdy. It's but lining it's up a, all the tires and <laughs> it's also a fairly plain exterior with a stupid big motor in it. Yeah, right? Yeah, like exactly. that that's yeah. that's the evolution of muscle cars started from there. Um, e muscle though, like you couldn't be more creative. Well, than that. it's probably code name, man. I don't think yeah. that's the final name. I, let's let's hope not, because they've been it pretty cool not. with their other names. Yeah, well, right? yeah. If they if that's the name, I'm gonna be 
upset. I don't know. I don't know. They could be more creative. Yeah. They'll, they'll come out with something. Um, so now we have some good news from Ford. This is what I was talking about with you okay. earlier. Ford has recently gotten a new supply of semiconductor chips, ending the Finally. major shortage they were experiencing and finishing thousands of brand new F-Series trucks. If you've seen the pictures, I forgot to put one in here because, you know, super smart. Maybe I'll drop one in and post. But there's just some pictures of the plants and the parking lot. It's just a sea of brand new F-150s, F-250s, just waiting for these chips. So Volkswagen is seeking an investment partner in their Electrify America company, which I actually didn't know, but this was founded by them after they agreed to invest $2 billion into EV infrastructure after Dieselgate. <laughs> <laughs> Not surprised by that. They are one of the main EV charging networks and say they will be in 45 states by 2022. They're looking for a partner willing to invest around $1 billion into the company, which is good because this is another one of our concerns is the infrastructure. That's what they need yeah. to build up, make it faster, make it more efficient. It's not just locations, too, because they, they've got them across the country now. Yeah. But it, it's not instant, right? Like you have to no, sit yeah. there for a while. So this next story is a sad one. What we have here is the last V12 Lamborghini Aventador. An absolutely beautiful car. <laughs> I mean, it looks fantastic. <laughs> so the Lamborghini Aventador LP780-4 Ultime is here. So this thing, uh, Lamborghini announced it will build 350 coupes and 250 roadsters. This beast has a naturally aspirated 6.5 liter V12, which produces 769 horsepower to all wheels, rocketing the car from 0 to 60 in just 2.8 seconds through the single clutch 7-speed transmission. A screaming, raging bull. So cool. How are they how are they gonna go electric? I don't know. I don't know. I mean they'll be fast, but how do you get the emotion? How do you get the Are you, is it really emotionless? When you drove that Tycon, were you really not like, wow, that was cool? It was fast, but I could see like you need the noise. Yeah. Like e even if you don't have the money for a car that's crazy like this, but you're a car enthusiast, people go out and they get exhaust. Yeah. It doesn't make them any faster. You know, you get five, you get five more horsepower. horsepower, right? Whatever. <laughs> but it's the noise because yeah. it adds emotion. It adds the 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 feeling of more power and more speed, you know, um, because you can't go racing around everywhere. You're trying yeah. to drive and you're going to just get in trouble, right? So it adds to the joy of, of utilizing the vehicle. So... I don't know. I feel like they have to figure that out, which I'm sure they're working on. Hopefully, hopefully Lamborghini. I'm just saying, you guys are working on. What Please. I'm just saying Hope. is, I don't think the Taycan was emotionless. I think it didn't have as much. It helped but it having wasn't empty. I'll tell you, it helped having the, the artificial little noise. artificial noise inside. They did a good job. It with helped. It. It's it decent. Helped. Yeah. So, but it wasn't like your hair standing on end. Well, yeah, it wasn't like in a lamp. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah. That is that's part of the experience. So hopefully they're working on that as well. I agree that what well, they better be. <laughs> Next, we have another new car from BMW. By now, you know that what that means is yet another controversial design change. Introducing the 2022 BMW 2 Series Coupe. At least it still has a modest size grill compared to the other models they are creating. The 2 Series Coupe has gone for a bold redesign, changing most of the exterior. I'm not sure how I feel about it. I don't I know. Don't mind from, it. But from what we had, I don't think it's an upgrade. Yeah, I don't mind it. I'm glad they they pared back on the 
on the grill. You know, well, yeah, like that, that's that's good. I just don't. As far <laughs> as the interior goes, not much has changed or is different than the other BMW interiors, as you could imagine. But there are two engine options from launch, one being the rear wheel drive 230i coming with turbocharged two liter four cylinder engine that produces 255 horsepower and 290, 295 pound feet of torque, allowing the car to go from zero to 60 in a claimed 5.5 seconds. And there's also the M240i xDrive, which has a turbocharged three liter inline six, pushing 382 horsepower, 396 pound feet of torque, but that one is all wheel drive allowing for a claimed zero to 60 time of 4.1 seconds. So sadly, both of these for now are only coming with an eight speed automatic transmission, but it is rumored that the manual will still be available in the M2. Those are respectable numbers. That, yeah. And, and that little that, thing. You really, you're not, the profile? I, I don't mind that profile. I, think I it's didn't say right. anything about the okay. profile. I think that looks Just like trash <laughs> and the profile looks good. Well, I, it's now, like, I okay. personally wouldn't pick purple okay i didn't i'm sorry i didn't, I'm sorry, I didn't mean trash i'm overreacting i do not like the front end very much not your compared preference. to what yes <laughs> the side is good but also the side on the new gr86 is good true the interior standard bmw interior kind of boring so a little bland and the rear <sighs> not not me need to see that one in person yeah not, i agree not sure. okay yeah maybe not sure i gotta see it in person i don't think i mean you can only judge so far with pictures we gotta see it in person now this is incredible we have a fantastic new car from one of the best enthusiast car companies out there introducing oh, the 2022 lotus amira oh, yes that is fantastic i really like i that love car. it yeah it is stunning so this is now the only sports car lotus will sell once it of course is actually fully released and will be the last gas powered lotus ever that thing is beautiful it it's really awesome. Is. So the yeah. Amira comes with a choice of two different engines, one being an AMG four-cylinder or a supercharged Toyota V6 currently in the Evora. After the Amira runs its course, Lotus is going full electric, so let's enjoy this while we can. This thing is so cool. As you can see, the exterior is like completely brand new and completely redesigned, and that carries to the interior with a much more updated look than the previous models. They've also gone for more practical kind of everyday car, which some people might not be too happy about but it now comes with two cup holders and two usb and 12 volt charging ports stuff like that upgraded infotainment system things of that nature now as far as transmission choice goes look, at, look that. at that man so cool so and also can we just say i think these are some of the best release photos i've seen in a while yeah yeah they these they, they look did a good nice job capturing that yeah so the way the light is reflecting oh, off yeah. of the lines, that thing is, it that looks thing is beautiful. So, um, now as far as transmission choice goes, the Toyota V6 is the only one that comes with a manual gearbox, as the AMG four-cylinder comes with a dual-clutch transmission. I mean, you gotta go with the Toyota V6 with the manual. You would think. Like you have, you have to, you have to. So with that, um, Lotus hasn't given us any more specs yet, but they did say that the quickest version of the Amira will sprint to 60 in less than 4.5 seconds and have a top speed of 180 miles per hour. And that, that little there thing. There is not an angle on that car that doesn't it look looks good. good. Look at the interior too. 
All right. Like, yeah. they really up they their game up. on the yeah. interior. So with that, as far as pricing goes, for the entry-level version of this incredible car, Lotus said they're aiming for the price of the Porsche 718 Cayman S. So around $70,000, $80,000. See, this is what I was talking about before. This is a driver's car that's like a GT car. This is this is going to be road-going that you could take on the track. Oh, yeah. So, you know, so you're seriously, they're not going to have like a track variant of any other one of their models. Like they're well, not. They're gone. Yeah. They're getting rid of them. They're ditching the entire it's lineup. Strange. They're going to lose like the weekend warrior crowd. That just, well, that's just track only. You, you know. Well, yeah. No, this, this is this is. But I mean, this nicer is than that. You know, the first release. So who knows? In a couple yeah. months, they might be okay. Well, here's the track variant, the Amira S, and this one's got one seat in it. Yeah. So last but not least is something that really actually excites me. The incredible car company, over a hundred years old, Bugatti, has merged with the EV hypercar company, Rimac, officially becoming Bugatti Rimac. And can I just say, that's a fantastic photo showing the primary holders. So during the merger, Rimac holds a controlling share of 55%. Porsche has the remaining 45% stake in the new company on behalf of Volkswagen. So this, how this kind of came about is that Rimac was helping out Bugatti and developing their new tech just because, of course, Bugatti's engine is not the easiest thing to develop new stuff for because it's W16. Like, the, right. it doesn't exist anywhere else. So Volkswagen literally was basically like, well, do you just want to have it? Do you just want to merge? And then you guys can do it. <laughs> basically wow. what they did. So um, cars will now still be built and badged separately from each other, but future Bugattis will feature Rimax electric drivetrains. From what we know so far, there will be two new Bugatti models engineered by Rimac to be released in 2030. The Rimac Group ownership structure remains unchanged with Mate, Ma Mate? It's Mate. Mate. Mate Rimac owning 37%, Porsche owning 24%, and Hyundai owning 12% is an interesting one interesting okay um so a new company was also formed called rimac technology this is so cool so this uh they develop and sell their autonomous driving system and ev powertrains to major car makers some of which they are currently working with are companies like ferrari mercedes and aston martin wow and this is also really cool. Mate Rimac also hinted that later Bugatti models may have more than just two seats and two doors, saying in its heritage, Bugatti has models that are more than just hypercars. There's an opportunity for, Bu for Bugatti in the future to have very interesting cars that are completely different to other models on the market. While Rimac remains a maker of very high performance sports cars, but we haven't figured that out, out ourselves yet. This is going to be awesome. That's promising. That's cool. Yeah. Like, that's he's 33 years old. Yeah, and, and on the leading edge of all the EV hypercar yes. technology. Like, the Rimac, you can't like not like the Rimac, really. It's awesome. Yeah, the, it's, that's That insane. thing's so cool. Yep. The Nevera is awesome. Like, it's, the only thing you cannot like about it is the noise. You don't get, you don't get the noise. That's it. Yep. But it's amazing what they were able to accomplish with, because a lot of times he, these one-off manufacturers, 
they, they don't have the the tooling and the technology oh, yeah. to make it look so they end up looking a little more like a kit car yeah but that looks, that looks, looks refined car. yeah and so i mean he's obviously had a couple prototypes before this one keep in mind he started this company in his garage that's great that's so cool that's awesome so that is it for today's episode don't forget to like subscribe and check us out on tiktok instagram and twitter at anthony siffle and with that we're glad to be back and have an excellent rest of your week thanks for listening we'll catch you later peace out